time coming, ladies and gentlemen. But once again, Mr. Gary Kroger. Thank you, Kenneth, and welcome all of you to the Gary and Kenny Show. As Kenny said, I'm Gary, and as Kenny said, he's Kenny. Did Kenny, I say I'm how Kenny? Are you? I don't think I said I'm Kenny. Well, it's, it's the Gary and Kenny Show, so by process of elimination, if I'm Gary, you must be Kenny. Oh, yes, that's true. We're clear and on that. Are we right? identifying where we're coming from? Because I remember that was an interesting. Well, point. we always do, do but anymore. I'm in Waterloo, Iowa, where the sun is now so low that it comes right in and completely interferes. See, sunlight down here, not yeah. so much up here. It's yeah. driving me crazy. That's because the Earth is like on an axis. Yeah, I heard an about axis that. and it rotates, yeah. which yeah. is so unbelievable that we don't feel. Are it you at saying all. it's round? I it just floors me that we know that all of this stuff. And uh, it floors me that there are people who do. Would you know that if you weren't told that? Because you no. didn't discover it. No. Brilliant uh, minds discovered these things. No, we are absolutely to be thankful for the fact that there are people so much smarter than we are. You mean science? I mean science. The much yeah. maligned science. Yes, it is maligned. Anyhow, uh, I want. And to you're in Calabasas, Kenny. You forgot to mention that. Yes. And you know what? It's now world famous Calabasas. Well, it's always been world famous Calabasas. I mean, no, ever since you when Kobe. I moved here, nobody ever heard of it. And then I watched this movie last night called May December, starring oh, starring yeah. Natalie Portman. Na and, yeah. and did you watch the movie May December? No, no, I, I didn't. I didn't. But I know that it's in Calabasas. No, it's not in Calabasas. It's in, in Iowa or someplace. But it was filmed in Calabasas. No, it was nothing filmed in Calabasas. It's so in North Carolina. Have to do with it was Calabasas? filmed in North. That's what I said. I'm, I turn on the movie. It takes place in North Carolina. But the premise of the movie is that Natalie Portman is a Hollywood star who yeah. comes out to do uh, she's go, to study uh, the, the person she's going to play, portray in the movie, which right. is kind of based on the Long Island uh, story and whatever. Anyhow. That's not important. Important thing is, so this Hollywood star comes out to North Carolina and everybody's all excited that she's from, she's like a big movie star that one of the giggling girls go, are you from Calabasas? Oh, of course, because of the Kardashians. It's unbelievable. Right? Yeah. Are you from Calabasas? Huh. Yeah. You're, you're, you're the Tiffany, the, the standard now by which Californians are measured. Calabasas, the Kardashians. Who knew? I had no clue. Kobe's helicopter. I first, I, I'm telling you, I, I'm just, I think it was, hey, listen, and it worked out really well because when I bought this house, nobody heard of it. Now, Calabasas is a big thing. I think it really has helped my home. It helps you value. realize it. Uh, now, don't you have, um, for lack of a better term, I don't know what's appropriate, an insane asylum out there? Is ah, it there? That's a yeah. very good, uh, you know, Gary, yeah. you are so well informed. No. Oh, good. We don't have an insane asylum. What we okay. have is the motion picture and television uh, uh, old hospital. folks home, o old folks home, which is fascinating. Uh, but okay. I don't want to talk about that because what no. you're talking about is Camarillo. Camarillo, yes, yes, has a mental health center. Not anymore. But when I was growing up, there was a line in old fashioned movies where if you don't tell us what you're going to do, we're going to put you out we're there. Send Camarillo. You to put you on a horse to Camarillo. Camarillo, right. and it was known. As the place that had an insane asylum, yeah. and if you were like you know messed up or a criminal or whatever, that's where they would ship you. Well, here in Iowa, we have one still, the uh, Independence uh, Institute for Mental Health. Oh, so well, when we say you should be sent to Independence, that's our way of saying you should be sent to Camarillo. But it's still oh. there. In fact, oh. I will quickly tell you a little story. When I uh -huh. was a grade school kid, someone at the school thought. What a good idea to introduce these grade school kids to mental unhealth, right? Mm. Okay. So we went there and we saw patients. And I saw a woman who had cut out her lips Get out so that she would constantly be smiling. That's it. That's that's that is insane. It's insane. And I've never forgotten it. It was like, you know, like this. Why does she look like that? She cut her lips. So, so let me ask you something. So smiling. that that was traumatic for you. Very traumatic. Do you yeah, think how it, old I, were you? How old were you? I don't know. I'm 12. And so do you think it was a bad trip. experience or a good experience? I think it was a bad experience. Not that we shouldn't make people aware of mental 
instabilities, unhealth, brain health, and things like that. But at some at that age, I'm not able. My awareness meant nothing. It was more traumatic for me to see the fact that human beings could torture themselves. Mm. Now, as an adult, yeah, absolutely, we should expand awareness. But as a kid, I don't. I got more out of the hostess factory. Well, you know, this brings up the conversation that people have now as to whether or not children should be exposed to all genders and stuff like that at five or six years old. Well, five or six years old, we can get into a lot of trouble or a lot of controversy with this. I don't think five or six years old. I wasn't talking about Isn't provocative conversation part of what we do? I wasn't thinking about my sex at five years old. I was Mm -hmm. just a guy and I went wee wee and whatever mm-hmm. um i i had no i don't feel that i would have benefited from any acknowledgement of my sexual identification at three four five six even seven years old now at that point i think that we're starting to socialize and look at ourselves a little bit so maybe we could introduce but as a preschool or even kindergarten child i don't see the point in the exposure because i don't think we're formed in any mental to well here's what i think and i don't know the age that it happened but i wish i had been informed at a young age maybe i don't five years old or six years old or told about that because i remember kids being beat up and me yelling homo and beating them up because everybody else was yelling homo, and yeah. I had no clue what a homo was. Right, right. And maybe if somebody had instructed me or informed me that that's what it was, I might not. But you're just—I was just joining right. in this group of kids who were yelling right. homo. Who are probably homo, older, homo. correct? Who are probably? I don't. Older. I don't. I don't. I'm trying. I don't know if six or seven years old or whatever. Okay. But I. I think back and I go, my God, I used to yell these things at children, and at I was children, a child. Right. Who, and who were because because yes, they were a feminine, and some kid on the bus par- heard some parent. Well, let me ask you a this. fag or a homo. And I joined in. And and this isn't necessarily my how I feel about it, but let me ask you this. Did it matter that it was a sexual context? Could it simply have been taught, hey, you don't do that. You don't bully other kids. You don't chastise kids. You don't isolate them and say that they're different. Couldn't we introduce moral behavior before sexual identity? But if, uh, you, you, listen, but the point is this, is that maybe if somebody had told me what homosexuality was at that age and that right. what the struggles that people had and children had and that this was not something that was the, that was bad, I might have had empathy. But because I didn't even yeah. have a clue, I was yelling all these horrible words. And I, the only reason I was like, not because I disliked the person, nothing right. to do with that, but I wanted to be... I was such peer pressure with my friends that it was like, oh, my God, you know, thank God they're not yelling it at well, me. I, and, and I'm not disagreeing with you at all. In fact, I think this is a really good conversation. That's what but we do here. Again, was it necessary? They were saying homo. Were they necessarily referring to homosexuality or was that just a, a derogative it term? It doesn't matter. A kid that no, was different. I don't even, I don't know. Maybe one kid understood what it was on the bus or, or, or wherever. I didn't. I didn't have a clue what it meant. But I remember yelling it out, thinking well, it's just and, one of those funny words that makes us better than well, others. And, you know, and, 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 and I can't, and I actually think back to the kid that I, I that, that got this, and I feel terrible. I was like, holy shit. Of course. You know, it's interesting. Uh, it would, And did the child understand that they were homosexual or they just feel different? Um, I, I, I can't answer that question. I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. It's possible. I, mean, I have, possible. I have either friends. way, either way, they were singled out because their right. behavior okay. was different. It was effeminate. He he, right. he was effeminate, and there was another couple of boys that they were effeminate, and they were twins. And oh, that was, and I remember that everybody would walk by them and yell "homo, homo, homo," and we didn't know what it meant. Well, I, uh, yeah, I'm, it, I, and I'll I tell know you this, kids. Okay, go ahead. You know, well, kids? I, uh, uh, there were kids 
in my grade school, and I, I have to say this, and I know you accuse me of, of wearing a halo. I always instinctively knew not to do that. I don't know why. I wasn't indoctrinated by anything that I'm aware of. I know that my parents have always been open-minded, egalitarian, you know, liberals. But I always knew not to do that. But in my school, there were kids because they were so skinny or they had... Uh, a physical well, deformity. Fat kids, I remember fat kids being fat kids at. who were chastised in the same way. Kids so are I'm mean. just saying, shouldn't there be just a a societal um, program in which to say, hey, we just accept people as they are, who I they think are? A, I, I think it really goes back down to Lord of the Flies, where you believe we are as people. Right, are we, right. you know? Uh, and Where I don't know. I th- I, yeah. And I think that it, it, thinking, looking back on it, I think it was because I d- wanted to be part of the bigger tribe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that the, 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 the powerful tribe. You I want to be part of them. So I joined yeah, of them. Course, of course. And so they, somebody in that, you know, Lord of the, one of our, our flies right. in my group, <laughs> yeah. right, you know, right. led us into this kind of behavior and we followed them. Absolutely. And you know what? I have friends who were the nasty flies when we were kids. I have a couple of good friends now and they were assholes as little kids. And they knew I thought they were assholes and I didn't associate with them. They were the kids who made fun of everybody else because mm-hmm. they had physical advantages. Mm-hmm. And back in those, it's because you could run faster or throw a ball better and catch whatever, whatever. whatever. Yes. But I'm now friends with those guys and we have mm-hmm. these discussions and they will say to me, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry that I was like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- human beings can come to this realization. Well, no, I think that's maturity. I, think I that's, would just like, but it it's is, also but education. I'd like to see that maturity happen a little sooner. Well, no, but but I think it comes sooner when you're exposed to it and you're taught it. I'll give yeah. you my example, which I think I posted on Facebook, or I might have said on the show. Um, growing up Jewish, I was born in 1954. Right. The war had only been over, the World War II had only been over for like isn't, nine isn't years. Isn't that weird to think about? Yeah, yeah. I'm 10 years after the war, yeah. I'm 10 years after. So it was still very much a part. And, and at that age, now, so now I'm born in that, thing, but now I'm going to, I'm becoming four or five years old. And now all of, a lot of information that hadn't become out before is starting to come out about the Holocaust. Yeah. Now, my mother worked, my father worked. So I was, you know, I would come home and I would be by myself. And there would be Life magazine. And I sure I was really young, five or six years old. And I would look through Life magazine and I would see piles of bodies, skeletons piled up. And nobody was explaining to me that I was just like, but I was exposed to something that I think was very horrific and traumatic. If you remember some of these pictures, and these were the first pictures coming out of the war. Out of, yeah. the, out, of, out, of, out of Auschwitz, or not Auschwitz, all the concentration camps. So here I am now, I'm being exposed to this, and I ask my parents about it. And they teach me, because I'm befuddled why anybody could do that to yeah. a human being. That was traumatic for me. Like you talked about going to the mental institution. You saw that well, me, thing with that woman. And that was traumatic. And I, I understand. But, but what, I was, I was, but once I, my parents taught me at a very young age, I think I learned empathy right there and there. But then. let me ask you this. What if you hadn't been so inquisitive? What if this had traumatized you and you held it inside and you didn't ask your parents now obviously you would have found out about it eventually but this was a very tender time for you and your parents were there to explain and Mm -hmm. it became this moment of Mm -hmm. understanding empathy right but what if you hadn't been kenny the way you are wired and say hey mom and dad what is this and you held it inside well my point being i mean listen it's 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 not foolproof The reality is it always depends on the relationship that the child has with the parents. But my point is, could there be some sort of systemic cultural or a better cultural awareness that we instill upon young people about what human behavior has to be? 
uh, standards I don't know of ethics to be. and all morality. I, all I know is that I think more pain has been uh, 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 pressed upon people based on ignorance than yes. more pain has been uh, 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 committed against people who are informed and educated. And if I ever cut my lips so that I'm always smiling, I'll expect empathy from you, Kenny. I know. I'll Gary just wants I just want, people to think that he's happy. I have no problem with that. I just won't. I just won't look at you, and we'll go back to podcasting. But Gary, but but do you know what I'm saying? I'm saying yes. I if, do. If I'm informed, if I know what's going on, there's less of chance that I'm going to commit a crime against somebody for whatever reason, hate or whatever. If I'm an ignorant person, I'm more likely to be mean to somebody yes. else. Yes. And so I, I, I don't think any five-year-old or four-year-old who's ever been taught something or educated about something has been not in the best interest of everybody. You know, I agree. And, I, and I'm and i coming full circle to a, a, my own understanding. Because at that age, you are more amenable, perhaps, to receiving information and processing yeah. it honestly. Because yeah. certainly we all develop at different ways. I mean, you were a very inquisitive five-year-old and i think that i was too uh, a lot aren't and they need to be well it's not a matter of i i i i don't know the answer to that again if that sort of thing comes down to the relationship the child has with the parents if the child feels it's open or right. whatever and yes everybody's not going to be curious but i just think as a general rule of thumb if i was and i do strongly believe this that the earliest you can get to a child and be able to inform them and educate them about the world around them and the disparities in the world around them. Because children actually don't understand. They, you know, they're kind of like, you know, every they want to be treated fair. Well, so they understand, up, they understand why another person would want to be treated fair. Well, Ken, this brings up another issue. Another issue. I, I agree with you. Okay. No, there is an age. I mean, a three-year-old, that's... You're not having an effect. You're just you're traumatizing. I don't think a three year old's ready. I don't no, know no, if a no, four no, year no. old's ready. And, no, and no, it's no. an it's a moving absolutely. Target, you know, five six. Who knows? But here's a question: mm -hmm. because in this state where I live, more mm -hmm. and more parents want more control over their That's children's right. education, and what exactly what we're talking about? They want it at home and not at school. It's Whereas not just teachers, Iowa. It's all teachers and curriculums are trying to create systems by which children are exposed and we talk about these things but as it comes into the home and less in school i think we become more vulnerable as a society as what is the parent distilling what are they instilling well first of all there's this idea that the parent knows best what's good for their exactly. children exactly <laughs> it's bullshit exactly most <laughs> parents aren't necessarily good parents right. and they certainly aren't great educators exactly Teachers, so we went do to need school. To trust the Teachers went to school to learn how to do things. Yes. They are, in effect, experts on parenting. Right. right. Yeah. And we need, with, with the guidance of society, to create curriculum and support schools, public schools, in creating curriculums for exactly what you're talking about, the exposure of these important Yeah, we need to, get, well, we need to fund creating. those things. But we need to fund those things. This goes right back to of one of the biggest, the, the, the biggest failure of our generation is that, uh, and, and Eisenhower warned us and said like that, that our mm -hmm. biggest budget goes to the military That's right. and entitlements and nothing goes towards education. The, and he uh, said every education every, budget, should, every educa federal education budget should be, you know, not a discretionary fund, but an entitlement. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing, every bullet that's manufactured is a dollar taken away from a child's education. Yes. I mean, yes. Eisenhower, whom I respect very much for many reasons, there's reasons to be critical of some of his yes. inaction yeah. on civil rights and so on and so forth, um, was truly a moderate Republican. Mm -hmm. In fact, today's Republican Party would consider him not only left, maybe far left. Uh, so anyhow, you want to ask me about you want to ask me about my trip? Well, I have been trying to. You know, okay, I was going go. to segue. Speaking of Turkey, let's talk about Turkey. Well, the first thing that happened was the war broke out in the Middle East. Yeah. And you were a little hesitant to get on a plane, I'll bet. 
Well, I, I don't go know. I, I was trying to think about it, but I certainly had a lot of people on my Facebook page that were saying, you know, maybe this is not a good time to go into that area of the yeah. world. Turkey is a Muslim country. I would think that any kind of terrorist attack by a Muslim terrorist group would not be in Turkey because that would not be a good thing for them to do. So it was one of those things where I thought maybe the safest place for a Jew to be is right in the middle of all the Muslims. (laughs) So there you are in Turkey. I got all your pictures. I always find them. You give historical context, interesting context, and always a funny context. All, yeah. all of your posts. And nobody responds but you and Shannon. <laughs> well, we we find them to be very, very funny. I don't know. Maybe people were afraid to to uh, respond to the funny Jew. No, I was wondering, Muslim. have you have you seen the thing on Facebook which says, have you noticed that you don't get anybody yes. replying to you? You need to yes. cut and paste this. Yes. I and have do that, that cut and paste, and then it'll fix yeah. the problem. Have you done? There are it? certain algorithms. I certain things I post, I'll get two hundred likes. I'll post something and nothing, nothing. Well, My have you tried the things, cut? Have you tried the cut cut and paste thing for your Facebook page? Yes, I have, and I think I've seen it work. Really? Okay. Well, I'm yeah. going to try it because I feel like it just seems impossibly. It's like weird that that would help, but I'll. I'll try anything now because I get nothing but advertisements and yeah. uh, two likes. You and Shannon. <laughs> what do I we get through? <laughs> you have lots of friends. I thought you know, so. Steve Oaks should at least cut, get through. You know, Oaks I, gives you thumbs ups too. It's, it's me, Shannon, and Oaks. See, you know everybody. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah right. I can count. I've got them on one hand for sure. Right. But, you can name everybody <laughs> and know everybody that likes that your ever, like, yes. <laughs> Okay. Well, there you have it. So we go to Istanbul, and the first thing that I notice in Istanbul is, well, first of all, their airport is unbelievable. Beautiful, Turkish, right? It's unbelievable. Have you been there? Yeah. No, I haven't oh. been there, but I've seen oh. pictures. Yeah, it's a it, well, it's a gigantic mall. Yeah. It's just phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you you land in a foreign country and you go, "Wow, this looks so right foreign, I know. Yeah, third world, third, yeah. you know, whatever." You know, I you know, like the you get into the you, you get off the airport and the airport was you know it was a modern first world. Yeah. Thing, which is fine. I'm not saying that they couldn't have a first world thing. Right, they have a course. beautiful first world. I'm just saying that it, I remember time. You didn't expect maybe it. you got out of the stagecoach. And, and you, you know, almost expected a bazaar, right? Right. And people dickering. A and, camel. Yeah, a I camel. Thought maybe a guy on a camel. Some thick coffee, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, so it's a very modern facility. So then from Istanbul, we go to the hotel and um, beautiful room. It's all great. Um, and I'm trying when I go to these places to learn a couple of words. Yeah. To be nice. Like, you know, thank you, uh, or you know, good day, or whatever. Whatever country I go mm-hmm. to, I try to learn a couple of good words. And I you know, again, I, I don't mean I hope they, they don't take this in the wrong way. But not I only love could when you I preface with that. <laughs> <laughs> I get excited. So when, when I you would preface. look up or ask somebody how I say hello, which I was hoping would be something like, you know, bonjour. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, you know. So anyhow, it, it wasn't. It was like to say hello is Yeah, right. Really? He's just defended our entire Turkish <laughs> viewership. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, you know, their, their, their alphabet is so different from yeah. us that there's no way you can interpret, you know, what it is. So I'd say to somebody, okay, well, how do I say thank you to somebody? They say, to say thank you. You can go, I can't do that. I can't, no. So, no. <laughs> so I... There was no, I never tried another Turkish well, word. When I was in Serbia many years ago, the former Yugoslavia, 
I like to learn language too. So I went up to a guy and I said, Hey, I want to say good morning to that, to the um, makeup lady over there. Yeah. What should I say? And he said, Oh, yes. Ya ima vediki kurats. <laughs> you already know what I said. <laughs> and so I say to this woman, Ya ima vediki kurats. She slaps me in the face. I said, I have a very big dick. <laughs> so when you're in it, and I attribute this to a chauvinist culture, because I look over and the guy is, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> so anyway but i digress no no that's a good story that's good um but i maybe that's what they were telling maybe in doing that to yeah, me probably right. <laughs> but, i would have you know. fun with someone if they said oh how do you say in english you know good morning you are very beautiful yeah i have a very big dick and they taught me another one too it's horrible mile maiko raiko I fucked your mother in the ass. I love that you remember these. Did you practice this? You I, I've been saying it ever room? since. Obviously, I've been. <laughs> I've perfected it. Yes, I could be around, you know, uh, Serbs and Croats and Bosnians and say that, and they go, "Oh my God, where are you from? You, Albania." Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's that's. Uh... Yeah, well, that's, that's quite a I phrase. Dobrodan. When do you dobro. have you had a chance? But I'm just picturing you in your hotel room when you were practicing, general, practicing, and somebody overhearing you going, "I fucked your mother in the what?" what? Well, I quickly learned. Oh, okay. But now this, here in Waterloo, I talk about how you know monochromatic we are we have a large bosnian community and they uh, lots of them own restaurants they're good friends of mine and so i will now joke with them and say like yeah I'm a very good yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah they they i know what i'm saying that's um, about all i can <clears> say i can say good morning good afternoon yes anyhow no, i couldn't I, I tried i couldn't get it okay the, the language so then we do hire a um person to take us around for the day because you have to, when you go into these places, you, you're walking around and you're looking you're at rocks and you have right. no idea what it is. So anyhow, show, she was great. And, uh, you know, really kind of explained things. And basically, you know, this is old. This is older. <laughs> this was here from the Ottomans. And I'm like, the, and they have so many civilizations that come through. Yeah, there. I know. Right. The Ottomans. You know, well, the, the Romans did this and the Greeks did this and the Ottomans did this. And there's a lot of dates going on here. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't follow because some dates are before Christ. Some are Once after this was Christ. Mesopotamia. Right. <laughs> so you get, get your, you get your head pretty much filled up. And I until the point that you just can't absorb any more information or dates. So, you know, you drop that. But on the way, she says, you have to, part of our culture, uh, you must, if you want to really see the Turkish culture, then I need to bring you to this place. And we're like, okay, let's go see the Turkish culture that's apparently at this place. And she brings us into a rug store. And all of a sudden, the guy jumps out. <laughs> He's like the character from Seinfeld. Oh, <laughs> yeah, welcome, welcome. Let me show you. Come, come, come. Yes. An American like, Mark. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, where, where am I? Oh, look. So let me meet you. The, the merchant, she's a master weaver in, in our country. And this is a kind of interesting thing. What they do in Turkey is a young woman, I'm not sure at what age they go, who are out in the villages. Um, I guess that they're villages. In America, we would call them towns. But there, they were villages. Okay. They villages. go to the villages. And they get and they go to the young women and they say, we, we will train you to be able to be a master weaver of rugs. You? <laughs> Not me. No, I'm no, saying the, this is oh, what the, they Oh, the do. young woman. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is what the we rug dealers... We will train this young woman to be a master Turkey, weaver. They, they okay. all offer... And it's part of... It's, it's totally okay. Right. It's a good thing for the good, yeah, women like, who have no yeah. future in the village. Because let's face it, how far can you really go in a village? You can At make some coffee, point, you can weave rugs. <laughs> right. So so they go to the, the women, they go, come with us to Istanbul, and we will pitch you into a school, and we will pay for it, so that you can learn to weave a rug. And it takes 25 years to become a master Weaver. A master weaver. 
And once you become a master weaver, <clears throat> you are worth a lot of money to the different rug companies. But you're now 45 years old, too, as a master yeah. weaver, right? Yeah. Or yeah. maybe you're 40 yeah. years old. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so it's something you want to do. Yes. A young woman's like, this is Otherwise, you'd awesome. still be in the village. Okay. So All now right. you're not in the village, but you are in this guy's rug place yeah. where he she's weaving, hand weaving these rugs. OK, so that's the first person he brings you over to and tells her story about how she became a master weaver. Now, is the and idea to get the American to buy rugs and have them shipped over? Oh, boy. Is you there are a quick little bit? On, of... Oh, are you quick on oh, the uptake? This is just the beginning of the show. <laughs> the of, yeah. When I walk into the rug store, it's I like going into a timeshare. It's a it's a rug share. <laughs> <laughs> and it dawns on me about the same time i'm like hey wait a second i'm not here to buy a rug i'm not gonna buy a rug i'm not yeah. gonna buy a rug and the guy's like not yet <laughs> not yet but you have no, not no, 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 never yeah 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 wait let me show you after he introduces me to the master weaver and, mm -hmm. and then he goes oh let me show you do you know how to know a good rug? What you how how to, to see a good rug? What's a big difference between a good rug and a bad rug? And I'm like, no, I don't. You know. And then <laughs> the show starts. <laughs> the show. Are well, you me, alone, or are there other no, me, pigeons? No, the, the the woman that brought us uh, the um, uh, our guide and my wife and I were in this big uh, room, uh, surrounded by. You're a mark. Yeah, there aren't a lot of other. <laughs> it's, you just cut. I gotta know. Did you buy a rug? Is no, there I one being shipped over? The thing here is that that was the most impressive thing was not their ability to make rugs, but to not take no for an answer. Uh -huh. <laughs> because I yeah. kept saying to him, "No, I'm no not interested." Rug, and, and he'd go, and, and then he uh, another thing would go. Do you know how to uh, uh, tell when a <clears throat> where a rug has been, what the what the thread it is. No, I've never been. And you go. <laughs> and another <laughs> four guys would bring out like a 20-foot rug. Okay. Well, they they and also like, know the odds increase in their favor the longer they go. keep you there. As far as I was concerned, I was a hostage. Yeah. <laughs> I was a, Are you calculating this is, this to what how amount they finally got me? This is how they finally got okay. the one Jew who came You heard these sirens going off? It was language. Yeah. We've got one. We've got one. <laughs> exactly. We've got a, they we've got signaling. a Jew. They would come in at any moment. So I'm going, I've got, listen, I have two dogs. One's 15 and a half and one's just a puppy. And you don't if I bring these rugs home, if I bring on. these rugs home, my dogs are going to pee and shit on it. So of that's another reason why I'm just not going to buy your rug. What would ah. the rug have cost? 20000 But before you said. So I say my dogs are going to shit on the rug. Okay? And he goes, oh, you don't have to put the rug on the floor. And now <laughs> another chorus line of small rugs come that you uh -huh. hang Yes, on yes, of course. The thing on the wall. So, see, the see, don't And I'm like, no. No. Now you I'm tell me you have birds. Yeah. And though, and now we, and I go, no, no, no. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna buy uh, I need to go. And he goes, You like Rocky? <laughs> you know what Rocky is, right? Because we had Owen on. <laughs> yeah, right. And I had never heard of Rocky until Owen Mackin, I'll to refresh people's yeah. memories. Owen Mackin was is an actor who's on uh, La Brea and uh, films as well, and he was on our show. And we he was talking about you guys were talking about things you that were important to you when you went to other countries. And he had said uh, he learned about Rocky, and I was like, "Well, what the hell is that?" Because I had never heard of Rocky. So now, not. Less than 10 days, less than 10 days later, I'm in a place and the guy goes, you like Rocky? And I go, oh, wait a second. I, I want just uh, bing, bing. Yeah, I don't know. I never had it. Ah. <laughs> a plate. I've got to know. I've got, I'm waiting for you to pull out the rug that you bought. <laughs> no. How Psych did you, <laughs> how did you get 
out because I I know how, if you're a masterful salesperson, you it, this is even true in the car business. When they're off the lot, you have no chance of a sale. Your best chance is keeping them there. They, they wear you down. And you go okay, okay, uh, and then they get you drunk. Because okay, Rocky then they get you drunk. Of course, was so yeah. fucking powerful. Powerful, and it was only because Owen had ninety warned proof. Me. I had not realized, but by the time I was done with one, I was like, I was ready for the second one. But I remember what Owen said, so I tried to like stop yeah. myself. But it, I was, I would have had another one, and I was on that on that one glass. I was absolutely, you know, just like done. And I go, listen, <laughs> it's great, Rocky. Oh, oh, then I say to him because now I'm drunk, and I'm like, all right, how much are the rugs? <laughs> and. Well, I, I know fine rugs are very expensive. Yeah, no, so in fact, we need a mortgage. You know, $6,000 yeah. or whatever. Now you can put them on But now, layaway. so because I'm asking him now because I'm curious. Yeah, well, we've been he, here for 45 minutes. And uh, now he's got the guy who's got me drinking Rocky. <laughs> drinking Rocky and you say, oh, that's too much money. But it, it, there's a payment plan. There's all sorts of ways to buy this rug. How well, did you get out? Or did you buy a rug? Well, no. I mean, yes, it'll Inquiring be there on Thursday. want to know. <laughs> well, it's being shipped. Um, you you have a rug being shipped? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Yeah. There's no way I could have gotten out of it. No. Ulti ultimately, Kenny, we wish to please... You, you try no. every way you can to get out, but they know this. About? That was the ransom money for me to get out. <laughs> it was the price no. of, of getting out. Did you just out. decide to fork over the several thousand, or are you paying $120 a month? They take credit card. So anyhow, that's that. Let's, well, let's, I, know we, I know we've spoken for the past hour about me. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna, I, 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 I'd like to know about you, Gary. How are you? <laughs> What's going on? Well, I'm fine, Kenny. You know, this has been a fairly serious show. Um, our foster child is off out of the system and now living in Pittsburgh. But as foster children often do, once they're out of the system, they simply cut the ties to their past life. And so I really don't have any communication with him, which makes me, you know, a, a little sad. I'd like to think that I could continue to mentor him, but um, that's not the case. Uh, no one's died. Norman Lear died. Um, we are celebrating Christmas. As I thought this would be our special holiday show, I lit the tree. Oh, yeah, that's right. Christmas here. is coming up. Um, <clears throat> I'm having a colonoscopy next month. I've agreed to do play Dean Martin in the Rat Pack Lounge, which is... I saw that. I really... Oh, yeah, that... Yeah, that's... I think... And I'm going to shave for that and go as Dean Martin as I possibly can. Yeah, no, but, no, no. I, I, but I'm curious... Everybody loves somebody sometimes. Did you find the Sammy Davis Jr.? Because that's what's yes, hard yes, to find. Did. Yes. We found a, a singer and a dancer. And yes, Who's... he is black. And short, though, right? You know, I haven't met him. I've just oh. seen his picture and okay. told that he's very talented. But, you yeah. know, it, it, here's the thing, though, about this particular show. We are other people who Dean and Sammy and Frank assumes our bodies and we become them. So we don't have to be physical lookalikes in any way. Now, I think you, you don't. I as think... an actor, you have to have a black actor play Sammy Davis Jr. No, but of you course you, they have to have a likeness to the person. What do you think? Well, Bradley you, Cooper you do. Just did with but Leonard if you find it, if you find a, a Dean Martin that's short and stubby and he can sing and act like Dean, you, you go with it. I mean, no, you don't. Well, but we don't have. Because we don't have. What do they call it? We have it? twelve suspension, actors to choose from. Suspension as of to disbelief. Two thousand. Suspension of disbelief. You cannot. Yes. You people cannot imagine a fat. No, white you, you Sammy Davis Jr. No, of course not. You get as close as you can, but like I say, Kenny, we have fifteen people to choose from. We don't have two thousand actors coming in, so you you know. I you know. Have to... I'm not. I was just curious if that if I was casting it, I'd say you know we're probably going to be okay with everybody, but finding a Sammy may not be that easy because I, no, I, I my expectation would be that he was small in stature. Yes. And you know, well, and Dean Martin at one point picked him up in the real Rat Pack and said, 
I'd like to accept this award from the NAACP, you know, which yeah, is, of course, yeah, a yeah. horrible ad lib, but it was funny and at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't be doing that. No, I mm-hmm. haven't met him. He could be tall. I doubt it. I have a feeling he's we're all about the same size. Well, he's not fat, I hope. Sammy was never fat. Sammy was never fat. Well, he dances and stuff. The guy, you know. There were some good fat dancers. Have you seen this Jardis commercial with this woman? <laughs> there are some good fat dancers. There, there's the Kenny quote of the day. There are some good fat dancers. <laughs> well, you're seeing more and more of them, aren't you? I yes, mean, there's yeah, big. Don't you just? There's a couple of bit Lizzo. I think she's a really big. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Huh? But I mean, she's a, a, a big, a, a larger you know, person. Larger. I think there's a few of them. Yeah. Well, you know, Chris Farley was as balletic as a big man can be. Yeah, you but know? people uh, laughed at him. They laughed at him, but he could really do the stuff. You know, he really had physical prowess. You know, he I'm wasn't da- encumbered by weight. I'm not doubting that. And I will say, and I'm going back to like, thank God. I don't want to say that we shouldn't have people, fat people dancing in public. I'm not going that far. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I, think... I get goosebumps when you go down these roads, Kenny, because it's just going to mean more viewers. Well, like, like, I mean, and, and then I'll open up the Taylor Swift controversy, and we'll put that quickly to bed. All I'm saying is this: is that back a long time ago, if you had dancers on, like a variety show, there would be live, no fat dancer in no. any of those lines. Even though I'm sure there were fat people well, who could dance better. You know what? And you go to people. a football game and you see the cheerleaders and the pom-pom people or whatever. Once upon a time, everybody was skinny. Now, colleges are saying, hey, if you audition, if you come and try out, anybody has. And I like that. I like looking at seeing. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Beings. I'm glad you brought that up because I've noticed it, too. I've noticed that they would cut away the cheerleaders every once in a while. A few of them were like. Mm, I'd like them to include old white guys. You know, I'd like to go down there. Yeah, it's a little, you do. I mean, I'm too, fine too, with too it. Much. It's fine. It's just, I too like much. the old days because I'm an old fart. They take a shot of the cheerleaders and you would go, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my. Because that's, we like that. Well, that sexist ideal still exists in the NFL. You're oh, not one seeing second. a lot Hold of on one diversity. Second. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have Mark Gordon on the yeah, Mark Gordon on the phone. Tell him he's interrupting the a podcast. Yeah, we really are, Mark. Is that true? Yeah. Where are Wait, you? Wait, does Mark, is he actually, is this like a friendly call? A like, I want to know how Kenny's wait, doing. Wait, 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 wait. I hear Where are you, Mark? I'm in the city. I'm in New York. I'm just leaving uh, CAA on my way to get a bone scan. A bone scan? That's what happens when you get old. Your bones get, you know, less, uh, Get get more brittle. You're losing density, aren't you? You're losing bone density. Bone density thing, yeah. It's it's a, uh, you know, my mother had osteoporosis, and, and so did I mine. don't know whether it's genetic, but mostly women get it. I guess I'm embracing my female side. I I also <laughs> have an uh, uh, osteopenia. Actually, it, it is. It's uh, wait. So are you? Um, uh, are are you? I you feel it? Are you like in pain, discomfort? No, 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 no. no. I just have to be careful. Okay, so so when you go out on stage, people should not say break a leg. That's exactly right. (laughs) Or any lip. I love that he calls you in this time of vulnerability. We really are, and we had no guest. Unfortunately, you call. (laughs) Yeah, this is uh, this is uh, kind of exciting for me. Um, Well, do you have a question? (laughs) (laughs) He can't hear me, can he? No, I think so. Can you hear Gary? Yes, Hello? Hi, Gary. Oh, good. Hey, hey, I'm so sorry to hear about your lack of density. Um, no, I'm one know, of those two, Mark. People have felt that I had a lack of density in many ways. You know, Welcome to my club. My mother had osteoporosis. I have scoliosis. So I worry about these Fine. things and the curvature of spines and lack of density of bone. I you fear looking like Jabba the Hutt in the next like five years. Are. You've got to really... You know, you got to pay attention. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of uh, balancing work. You know, you're yes. supposed to really make sure that you can, you know, not fall over when you get old. Yes, and grease those joints. Seriously, squats, squats, my friend, exactly. squats. I'm doing them. 
I'm squatting all the time. <laughs> yeah. oh Kenny, want anything to add to that? Are you squatting more, Kenny? I know you're no, I, I don't. I'm not a squatter. No, I've never been a squatter. Huh. I would have thought you would be. I'm a sw- I, I, I'm a sitter. I sit. <laughs> Wait a second, you guys are doing your show just the two of you today. Yeah, we yeah. can't get a guess. <laughs> we have trouble getting guests. I don't know. Hey, but let me tell you. Oh, hey, can he? Is it too late for him to join us on the Zoom? Can you join us on the Zoom? I'm in a, I'm in a cab. I don't. Oh, that's it. hysterical. <laughs> okay, so let me just introduce my friend Mark Gordon, who was on this show, uh, is a producer who's produced. Um, I guess I call them iconic. Uh, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Um, uh, the uh, yes, you'd call it iconic. No, no, no. Wouldn't you call that iconic? Saving? Absolutely, you'd call that iconic. Yeah. Thank you. I'm very, I'm, that's very nice of you. You know, a speed is iconic. I mean, it changed. Of the course act- it is. Yeah. Yeah, you did good, yeah, Mark. Well, I, I did my best. Even, even Grey's Anatomy TV. Oh. Yeah. Iconic. It, yeah, it's because of that connection phenomenon. with Mark that my wife watches the show at all. She started with Mark Gordon and the Grey's Anatomy connection. Hey. That's nice. Well, you've got 20 years of uh, episodes to see. It's, oh, she's still. Life, I, think. I think she's probably uh, on her seventh pass through every episode. Oh it's just God. part of her life. Her. It's in her DNA. Now, Mark has moved on to the theater. Yes, I know. I know all about Mark Gordon. Kenny. Movies and television, but we're, we're doing theater. We we had a, our first uh, Broadway show open and close it didn't do terribly uh, but uh wait but that was the <clears throat> that was the one i saw life of pie, life of yeah, pie. Life of pie. boy yeah. it, what a tough business because that was a great show and for that yeah hey mark i have never plugged myself to you as an actor i i resisted that however it is still my dream to be on a broadway show i am still vital i still got the goods i've got the chops I am lively in community theater. I'll tell you what I'll do. If you remind me after the holiday, we're going to set you up with a casting director who does the stuff that we're working on, but very, very big Broadway casting director. Maybe you could do like a little Zoom conversation. I would do it for the experience itself. And if it led to something, you would be a better friend to me than Kenny. Well, wait a second. I, would be, I, would be I know, but I'm not just going to be, I'm just not going to stand by and let this go on what, you, without you me. Be an actor too now, I could do something. I know you could. You're, you're, you're pretty entertaining. Kenny, I'm entertaining. This is, Absolutely. This is my Write deal something with for me. This is me and Mark. This doesn't have to be about you. Uh, no, I, no uh, I, I believe that's Mark. I'm. Do you need a No. No, I'm neither. What I am is ironic. <laughs> or ironic, mm-hmm. ironic, and a little cynical. Yes, humorously cynical. So, tell me the movies for the people to know. What are the movies you're working on? We are working on the first two in the series of uh, the Narnia books with Greta Gerwig writing. Wow! Wow! Shooting in about a year. Did you um, Did you see Barbie? I loved it. Oh, you're not going to. You didn't like it? No, 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 not at all. Anyhow, I think her and her uh, partner are absolutely uh, brilliant. I love them. Noah Baumbach and, and, and Greta? Yeah. No, yeah. Are they married? Uh, you know, I think they're married, but they would not be married. But, I mean, they have two kids together, and they, they're married. They've been together for they're a married. long time. But it's yeah. funny that you asked that. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not either. But, um, but God, they're they're great. He's lovely, too. I spent a little time with him and he's um you know funny and smart i think they are married just as a things. side note now i think they are married well ladies and gentlemen he who googles first wins wins and i'm going to win this they're married oh okay right. um okay so go. okay so that's what you're doing in the movies narnia we're doing that we're doing a couple of other things we'll see how they go you know now we're casting some things we've got a movie out to chris evans to do hold on one second i'm just paying my my cab fare here so you're at the airport now you're getting out he's in the the cab live from the streets of new york he's leaving the cab now he's paying the cab driver so he's going to be somewhere he's paying cab right now i gotta go to the doctor 
He's got to go. To oh, he's wouldn't this be to. great? See, this would wouldn't be a really be great good series. It, yes. If all of a sudden we heard him scream and then a gunfire. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of, a lot of yelling. For you. <laughs> yeah. It would be fun if he were going to the proctologist and he stayed on the line. Yeah. The <laughs> listen, I got to go. I just hadn't spoken to you in so I know. long. And I'm glad I got to. I know. Okay. Well, listen, um, when you get a chance, um, I'll call you back after uh, your get your bones yes hey, good, hey mark good luck to you and, and mark if you're serious i'd love to take you up on this little yeah, proposition but more seriously good luck uh, uh, take care of the situation let me know what happens because i'm 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 on that path not i want you to i want you to seriously i'll put you in touch with this casting director and let's see if we can hook you up with the broadway show Oh, I would be the happiest man who ever lived. I think that might be my swan song, and I actually end. Of course, it would be fun, but I'm I'm tr really trying to work out what it, where I play in this whole thing because it looks like well, you, you guys are gonna have to be you guys gonna Kenny, be in I'll New York get your house Broadway. seats. <laughs> I'll get your house seats. We'll have a party. Oh, okay. I get to go to the opening. Again. <laughs> you get to go to the opening. Bye. Come to Bye. the after party. Bye. That was fun. What a great guy! Just a that great was a little like day. live you television are, kind of thing going yeah, on. Yeah, you are you're lucky to have such a front, lifelong friend as Mark. That's 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 awesome. Well, you know, I, some people. Hey, you know. we're going to have to call it quits, Kenny, because I have uh, I have to go to a Christmas party. We Christians go to Christmas parties. Are you going to wear an ugly sweater? No, I don't do that. Others do, but I will not do that. I wear my that is... this that this has been highlighted throughout the entire show. Um, okay. Quickly, I want to mention you asked about me. The Taylor Swift controversy keeps coming up because now she's the person of the year. And so all yes. the Swifties are writing to me saying yes. we told you so. And I said, I never said she wasn't extraordinary. Mm. I just take her down from Mount Rushmore. Maybe in 20 years you can. I there. sent you the article that I think they're teaching is Taylor Swift program in yes. one of the colleges. Yes, that's right. Yes. I, I just think there's you look, Beatlemania happened. Just, let's roll back over. what you said. <laughs> can we can we listen? I don't love the Beatles because of Beatlemania. I loved what they developed after that the most. That's why I put them on Mount Rushmore. It wasn't for Beatlemania. We're in Swift Mania. Yeah, there's some really good music in there. I get it. I listened to the whole library because I was challenged to. And I, for the most part, Kenny, I'll be honest, and the Swifties will hate me. I didn't really care for it. It was overproduced, formulaic. Some of it was good. There was some diversity in, in genres. But for the most part, it wasn't music written for me, and it's not music that I enjoy. You know, you're walking a very thin line <laughs> to getting canceled. It's not even a thin line. It's You're, it's, you're going to get canceled. You're, Mark's finally going to give you a role in his play. And yeah, then I know. The but this is the man who hates out. Taylor Swift. <laughs> right. And box office will plummet. They'll picket the show. It's true. It's that dangerous. They really are an army. Yeah. Anyway, that's me and Taylor Swift. All right. You better Kenneth, say goodnight to somebody. Thank you for watching and or listening to the Gary and Kenny show and our special surprise guest, Mark Gordon. That was fun, wasn't it, talking to Mark? That was, yeah. I may have yeah. another job after this, so stay tuned for that. We'll, well get together again soon. Kenny, I'm not yeah. sure when our next show will be. Uh, probably before the holiday, the Christian holiday, but during the holidays. But happy holidays regardless. Well, I certainly hope so because I only got just to the beginning of my story of my trip. That's so true. it's a much longer story it's if anybody wants to. Well, we'll dedicate the next time I should probably bring travels. pictures. Yeah, or you should post them with the story. It makes yeah. The, yeah. the broadcast more interesting. Anyway, thanks for watching. Uh, you can listen to us on any of the popular podcast platforms. We have our own YouTube channel, The Gary and Kenny Show. Give us a thumbs up. And we are on DBNA Streaming Television. And, uh, Kenny, until next time, I'm off to drink some spiked pegnog, and I'll see you later. Yeah. Okay. That's what we do. Bye. That, thanks that's for what watching. we Christians do. All right, thanks Bye. for watching and listening. Bye.